listening to the Miracle Word Podcast. We believe that the Word of God gives you the power to experience never-ending increase in every area. If you're ready for revelation that will take you to the next level, you're in the right place. Here's your host, evangelist, author, and founder of Miracle Word University, Ted Shuttlesworth, Jr. Turn it up, because today is going to be a day that's going to show you from the Word of God how you can have explosive increase, growth, and promotion in your life. And these things are scriptural, and so they're going to they're going to help you to get there quickly. Hey, Andrew, good to see you, Janice. Um, it's going to be a great day. I want to make a couple of announcements. We've got something very exciting coming up for Friday, this Friday, two days from today, and we've never done this before. Uh, but we're going to do it now. And of course, as you know, uh, those of you that watch the broadcast and are connected with our ministry, um, you're you're already aware of this, that you can text me personally. Um, you can go to that web address on the screen, miracleword.com forward slash text, and you can sign up there and put your information right in my phone book on my phone. And of course, I text you and uh, you can text me. We stay in touch. But we're going to be doing something that we've never, ever done before this coming Friday. And we've done uh, Q&As before, but we've never done it quite like this. So this Friday is going to be a text-in Friday live Q&A with me and Carolyn. And so obviously the way it's going to work is uh, you'll text your questions in. Uh, those of you that are connected with us via text, you'll text your questions in live on the broadcast while we're live and uh, I'll be reading your questions. And I, I also thought uh, about this. I also thought about the fact that um, it might be better. You know, there might be people that want to ask questions uh, that they don't necessarily want their name on uh, in the comments section. So um, there might be people that you have questions you don't want to look necessarily dumb. Not that there's any dumb questions, but there's people that feel that way. They don't want to have their name attached to the question. They wish they could ask it privately. This is your time to do that um, because we're not going to be announcing your name, um, but we will read your questions from the text messages. Um, and if you have anything that you want to ask that maybe would be better asked privately in your opinion, now's the time to do it. So Friday, uh, normal time, 1030 a.m., Carolyn's going to be on with me and we're going to be doing text in Q&A Friday. I'm going to put that picture up again just because Carolyn looks so pretty in it. Look at how pretty she is. She is gorgeous. And so she's going to be joining me. And I think she's going to be joining me on the broadcast tomorrow as well. She, uh, she'll she be on with me 1030. So if you've not gotten a chance to do this, uh, it's very easy to do. There on the screen, you see the URL, miracleword.com forward slash text. And uh, you can go there, fill out the form, and uh, you'll be connected. You'll put your, your information right in my phone book. And then this coming uh, Friday, 10.30 a.m., text in Friday. We've never done it. I'm excited about it uh, to hear from you guys. And so I, I, love, I love being able to stay connected with you because even this morning, you know, people were texting me with prayer requests. And I, you, listen, you never are bothering me. I, I want you to um, I want you to understand that because people think, well, you know, I don't want to I don't want to text Brother Ted because you know he's busy, he's doing stuff. I've had people say that to me. You're never bothering me. That's the reason we set it up is because we want to hear from you. If you have prayer requests, you're not bothering me. I'm here to pray for you. I'm here to believe with you, stand with you in faith. 
knowing that God will perform a miracle in your life. So you can always feel free uh, to text me and, uh, and I'll get back to you as soon as I possibly can. And this morning I was replying to some people that had prayer requests and I'm standing with you. I truly am praying for your families and uh, believing for miracles. So I'm, I'm very excited. I'm very, very excited uh, for this Friday. First time ever uh, text in Q&A. So I want to say this. If you've not done so yet, take a minute today and sign up to be a part of the text family and uh, let's stay in contact. I know it's going to be great. I'm excited to see what Friday is going to be like because uh, I know everybody's going to text in at the same time, but uh, we're going to get to every question. We're going to answer every possible question we can. And then uh, Ty is asking on Facebook, when will your dad be joining you? And uh, I was making plans for that to take place next week. And um, so after this weekend, I'm going to try to cut out a few days that dad could be with me and uh, let him teach on whatever he wants to teach on. Uh, if you have questions, I think one of the things that would be cool, and he might be watching right now <clears throat> from upstairs or downstairs, wherever he might be right now. But um, I thought one of the things that would be really cool to do is um, when he comes on is talk about um, some of the mistakes that he's seen made over the years that younger people could avoid. I think that would be an excellent uh, broadcast. He's now been in the ministry for 40 plus years full-time and preaching longer than that, preaching even longer than that. Uh, I think he's coming up on 51 years of preaching in April. So 51 years of preaching, 40 plus years. I think this is the 44th year of full-time ministry. So, you know, tons of experience. And I think it would be an excellent broadcast to have him kind of talk about, because, you know, things, there's nothing new under the sun. Things come and go. Things we think are new have happened in the past before. And uh, I think it would be very instructive uh, for us to hear some of the things that have been common mistakes that people have made that have kept them from being successful in ministry and life that have, that have destroyed that it's important to know those things. It's important as the Bible says to be aware of the devil's devices uh, so that we don't fall into those same traps. And so uh, we'll talk about that, but I think that would be excellent for next week. And uh, I'm looking forward to it. Uh, don't forget, by the way, Everybody that's partnering with us this month, we're sending you my friend, Pastor Alan DiDio's book, Encounter. Uh, this is a phenomenal book, forward by Dr. Rod Parsley. And uh, this is going to be a great blessing to everybody uh, that gets it. You need this book. I've been reading it. It's phenomenal. Uh, he's a good friend of mine, a powerful pastor. And uh, everybody that's partnering with us at $85 a this month or more, we're sending you that. And of course, you know, we've got the treasure the NLT Study Bible in Genuine Leather Life Application Study Bible for everybody that's partnering at $1,000 or more this month. Uh, we're going to gift this to you as well. I'll sign it to your family and uh, the, the, um, the book as well. So don't miss that. Uh, those are phenomenal resources for you guys. And of course, the new magazine's coming very soon. Uh, if you're not signed up for the magazine, do it quickly. Uh, you can do it right from the homepage of our website. And, uh, and get them every time they come out. All right, let's jump into this today because I've got uh, a bunch to tell you. And um, today's broadcast brought to you by Nespresso and Yeti Mugs. Um, so for those of you that are wondering. <laughs> we, <laughs> thank you. Chris said he loves my father. I do too. Josh Hamrick. Yep, that's right. Nothing new under the sun. 
So I, I was going to give you three keys. I'm actually going to give you four. I'm going to give you four keys today, uh, effective biblical keys that will bring you into explosive promotion, increase, and uh, success. Four keys from the Word of God, and uh, one I think should always be mentioned. So I'm going to I'm going to do it first because without it, nothing else is possible as a believer. So if you've not done so, take a minute to share the broadcast today. We're jumping in. These are uh, four keys. No, the first one's a bonus because I think it's the, the foundational baseline of anything that we receive from the Lord. Psalm 84. I want you to go there with me. Psalm 84 and, uh, and verse number 11. Actually, we're going to read verses 10 and 11. Psalm 84 verses 10 and 11. And I want you to see this. Very, very, very powerful. And you know what I wanted to say before I read these? It's interesting to me that when people quote these two verses, they quote them separately, meaning someone may get up and quote verse 10. And then at another time, someone may get up and just quote verse 11. But they go together. And I want to show you that today. They go together. Uh, as you read them, you'll understand what the psalmist is saying here. Listen to this. Uh, Psalm 84 verses 10 and 11. For a day in your courts is better than a thousand elsewhere. I would rather be a doorkeeper in the house of my God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Now go to verse 11. For the Lord God, now we say for, that, that word for to connect the two verses, you could really just say because. Instead of saying for, in this context, you, say, you could say because. Now why would David rather be? Um, a doorkeeper in the house of God than dwell in the tents of wickedness. Why would he rather be one, uh, one day in God's courts than a thousand where, anywhere else? Because, verse 11, the Lord God is a sun and shield, and he bestows favor and honor, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. And so these two verses go together. David is saying to start the, the uh, psalm here. Actually, it's the, the sons of Korah here for, to the choir master talking about uh, the house of God and the power of the presence of God. I would rather spend one day. A better way you could say it is this. God can do more for you in one day than anybody else can do in a thousand days. Think about that for a minute. The Lord can do for you in one day what a surgeon can't do for you in a thousand surgeries. The Lord can do for you in one day what a financial planner can't do in a thousand days of planning. The Lord can do for you in one day what an attorney cannot do in a thousand days in a courtroom. You see, because God, our Father, He is the way maker. He is the one who, who, who brings rivers in the desert makes a way where there is no way. You understand? So number one, uh, the psalmist, psalmist is saying here that the reason I would rather be in the presence of the Lord than anywhere else is because he can do for me what nobody else can do. And that's the powerful thing about being in the presence of God and being in covenant with God. He can do what no one else can do. I've seen people healed of things that doctors could not have helped them with. I've seen people that are born blind have their eyes opened. No doctor can do that. I've seen people healed of diseases that were terminal, that no doctor had an answer for, stage four cancer. We were one time in Canada 
And we were the first quote unquote white people to ever set up a tent and preach on the uh, reservation, uh, the uh, First Nation reserve in um, Ontario. And um, one of the nights when my father was preaching, uh, I've shared this testimony, it bears repeating, uh, a husband and wife came and stood outside the tent with their stroller. They had their baby in a stroller. Well, what they didn't say, they didn't even come into the meeting. They stood outside. But my father had a word of knowledge that the baby was born with no genitalia. And so he called them out and gave them that word. And they they said, yes, prayed for the baby. That night, they went home and changed the baby's diaper. And when they took the, the dirty diaper off, God had already formed full male genitalia on the baby. Needless to say, they came back the next night and gave their hearts to Jesus Christ, the father and the mother. I've seen God do what no doctor can do. I've seen him do what no lawyer can do. You know, one time my father was preaching this powerful miracle and a woman came in and she'd been attending the meetings, but her husband beat her constantly, beat her on a constant basis. And um, one, one night she just, during the revival, during the actual revival, she couldn't take it anymore. He beat her again. She reached out and grabbed a pair of scissors in their house and stabbed him in the chest and stomach multiple times. And um, the, the, actually, the police officer who answered the call, the police, the, the call, the police came, uh, attended the church also. And so uh, before taking her to jail, she said, please take me by the church and let Brother Shuttlesworth pray for me. Brought her into the church. She's covered in blood from where she stabbed her husband. And uh, the, my father prayed for her that God would uh, touch her, change the situation, turn it all around. And uh, she went, they took her to, to prison or to jail there. And her husband went to the emergency room. Well, he's wearing a shirt covered in blood with stab holes all in the shirt where the scissors pierced his body. They cut the shirt off of him in the hospital, and when they washed the blood off, there were no stab marks in his body, no punctures in his skin. And the husband uh, did not press charges. They released her from jail. Their marriage was restored. They were saved. Power of God touched their life. I've seen God do what no lawyer can do. It's powerful to see God at work. And uh, the psalmist here is saying it's better to be in the presence of the Lord than for one day than a thousand days anywhere else. Because, look at this, verse 11, the Lord our God is a sun and a shield. We talk about the sun. Number one, he's a sun. So that means that no darkness can infringe upon his power. He is a sun. If you went and stood or, or you know floated, as it were, next to the sun in space, there is no darkness that is going to envelop the sun and its light. It is too bright. It's too bright. And God is brighter than the natural sun. And so he is our sun and shield. So there's no darkness that's going to infringe upon his light. None. It is impossible. No darkness will infringe upon his light. And then number two, he's your shield. He protects you from every wicked thing sent by the enemy. And he bestows favor and honor. So those things come from the Lord. It's very important that we start this teaching today by saying that promotion does not come from men. 
It doesn't come from corporations. It doesn't come from governments. It does not come from secret societies, from a handshake behind a closed door. Promotion comes from the Lord. Psalm 75, verses 6 and 7, the Bible says, Promotion does not come from the east or the west or the south, but promotion comes from the Lord, for he alone decides who will rise and who will fall. God decides it, no man. So when God decides to promote you, no one can say no. No government can say no. No corporation can say no. No secret society can stand against you. If God decides to promote you, then no one can stop the promotion. That's why we seek his approval above any others, because he's the only one with the power to promote you. And the Bible says he bestows favor and honor, Psalm 84, 11. Now look at this, and no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly. That means walking holy as unto the Lord, living according to his word, living according to his instructions, his commandments. If we are willing to obey the word of God with our lives, to be faithful to obey what he's commanded us to do, this verse is telling us he will not withhold any good thing, any good thing from those who walk uprightly. So if you will make it your business to walk uprightly, if you'll make it your business to obey God's word with your life, then let me tell you, God will make it his business to bless you. He'll make it his business to uh, lift you high, head and shoulders above the rest, if you're willing to obey his mighty word. So step number one, if you want to see explosive promotion, if you want to see explosive growth and explosive success in your life, it has to be a priority in your life. I will obey the word of God. I will obey it. I don't care what it says. I don't care how it says it. I don't care if it's uncomfortable to my flesh. I don't care if people mock me for doing it. I will obey the written word of God. And of course, also the leading of the Holy Spirit ties right in. I'll not just obey the written word of God. I will obey the leading of the Holy Spirit as it comes to my life. And when he leads you and guides you, it's always going to be into truth. He's never trying to deceive you. He's trying to bless you. So when he leads you and your life gives you an instruction, you need to be prayerful about it. You need to obey the word from the Lord. And it'll always bring you into the blessing of God that makes rich and adds no sorrow unto it, the Bible says, Proverbs 10, 22. And so number one, without question, the number one step into explosive promotion is this area of obeying the Lord. We've got to obey him. Number two, now these are the three that I was going to give you and the Lord said, don't forget to tell him about the foundation of holiness, the foundation of righteousness, which is the key to all blessing. All blessing comes from that. It stems from that. Number two, the second step or key to explosive promotion is this, humility. I want you to write it in the comments. Number two is humility. I'm going to give you a few verses here that are going to help you. There's nothing worse, nothing worse than pride. 
Nothing worse than pride. Pride is a killer. It kills everything that it touches. It destroys what it touches. And so it's very important that you understand this today. Number two is humility. We've got to be humble people if we want God to bless us. If we want to see his increase, his favor upon our lives, we've got to be humble people. And I want to start by showing you that in Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18. Proverbs chapter 16 and verse 18, this is so vitally important. Look at this. Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. You see that? Pride goes before destruction and a haughty spirit before a fall. So the Bible, inspired by the Holy Spirit, is very clear with us. The moment you allow pride in and give it an entrance and a foothold in your life, it will start to bring destruction to whatever you let it touch. Pride goes before. You could say this, it is the prerequisite for destruction. In the same way that in high school, you can't take Algebra 2 until you've completed Algebra 1, you can say in the same way, the moment that you allow pride to come in and you go through that, the next class is destruction. I completed pride, now I'm into destruction. It's, it's a prerequisite for destruction. And so it's very important to understand that you've got to fight hard against allowing pride to come into your life. Um, I want you to look with me. One of the most powerful verses, I love this in the New Testament, is the book of James. And um, it's chapter four, James chapter four. And if you haven't highlighted this, underlined it, done everything you can in, in your Bible, marked it up, mark it up today. Because this is so vitally important. Listen to how James says this. James four and verse six. But he, now that's speaking of God. He gives more grace. Therefore, it says, God opposes the proud, but gives grace to the humble. You see that? Gives grace to the humble. Now, verse 7, submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So, James 4 and verse 6 is teaching and telling us, that when you allow pride to run your life, you become an opponent of God. You become his opponent. He opposes the proud, but he gives more grace to the humble. So listen, anybody that's ever taught you or, or you've heard preached that grace is unmerited favor, that is not true. Grace is not unmerited favor. Grace is merited. There is grace, there is grace that is merited. Me, me, merited meaning because of something you did, you received grace or favor. It's not unmerited favor. I can give you two things from the scripture right now that prove that that's not true. This verse is one of them. He gives more grace to the humble. So humility is something that you can do to merit more favor. Humility attracts the favor of God. 
the more, and I'm not talking about false humility like some people do, false humility. I'm talking about true humility, where as the Bible says, you don't think more highly of yourself than you ought to. That's a dangerous thing, especially in the day and age we live in, the selfie society, where everybody's all caught up with how awesome they are and taking pictures of themselves all the time. And, you know, and I'm not condemning people that put selfies up. I'm just saying we, we are, we're living in a culture that exalts self above God. We're living in a culture that exalts self above God, and that is pride. God is number one. I'm just his servant. I'm just his child, and he is the master. And so uh, grace is not unmerited favor. I'll give you another one uh, as well is where Peter writes in his letter and says, grace and peace be unto you uh, through your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ, of God and the Lord Jesus Christ. That is knowledge of the word. Jesus is the word made flesh. So Peter's actually teaching in his, uh, in, his, in his greetings that grace and peace can be multiplied to you through your knowledge of the word or your knowledge of Jesus Christ. So that shows you the more knowledge of this word you have and put into practice, the more favor you can walk in. And so I want you to hear it. Grace is not unmerited favor. The only grace that was unmerited is when Jesus was sent to the earth by God the Father to be a sacrifice for our sins. That particular grace was unmerited. There's nothing we could have done to make God send Jesus to the earth. He did it because he loves the earth, loves the world that he gave his only begotten son. Nothing could have forced God to do it, but he chose sovereignly to do it. That grace was unmerited. But the grace that we receive now from God after Christ is merited. We merit it by humility. We merit it by knowledge and obedience to the word. In fact, uh, this is a verse we've quote, quoted often on the broadcast. I'll, I'll bring it to your remembrance again. John 14, 21. Jesus is saying this, by the way. The Gospel of John, chapter 14, verse 21. Whoever has my commandments and keeps them. It is he who loves me. And he who loves me will be loved by my father. And I will love him and I'll manifest myself to him. Did you notice that what Jesus is teaching in John 14, 21 is conditional? It's not for everybody. He said, the ones who love me will get my manifestations. And how do we know that they love me? Because he has my commandments and obeys them. You see that? So Jesus is plainly teaching that his manifestations are not for everybody. They're for people who have his commandments and keep them. And so it's a very important thought that it is our own actions of obedience that merit the favor of God upon our lives. And here, as we're talking about humility as number two, this is the number two key to experience explosive promotion and success in your life and business, humility. Humility. Pride is a killer. Pride goes before destruction, a haughty spirit before a fall. God opposes the proud and gives more grace to the humble. Look at the Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. The Gospel of Matthew chapter 5. This is Jesus uh, teaching the Sermon 
on the mount. And these are the Beatitudes, what are called the Beatitudes. Uh, and I want you to look at verse 5, Matthew 5, 5. Blessed are the meek, those are the humble. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. Blessed are the meek, for they shall inherit the earth. And so I want you to know this, and I want everybody watching to write this in the comments section. Meekness is the key to inheritance. Meekness is the key to inheritance. Those are the words of Jesus. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And I want you to pop that in the comments. Meekness is the key to inheritance without question. Pride is the key for destruction, but meekness is the key to inheritance. If you want to inherit your blessings from God, you've got to walk humbly. You've got to walk humbly. It's so very important. This really, really blew my mind when I saw it for the first time, and I want to show it to you. We talk about the man Moses in the Old Testament knowing that Moses was the most blessed man in the region. I mean, Pharaoh, he was up there. Listen, he should have been murdered, but he was protected and spared by God and then rises up to be as great as Pharaoh, who would have given him everything up to half of his kingdom. He ran things for Pharaoh. He was as blessed as you could be. And I want you to notice the key to Moses' blessing. I'm in the book of Numbers, and I'm reading chapter 12 and verse 3. Put that in the comments, Numbers 12, 3. And I'm going to compare it with Exodus 11, 3. Look at this. Numbers 12, 3. Listen. Now the man Moses was very meek more than all people who were on the face of the earth. Do you see that? Now the man Moses was very meek, more than all the people on the face of the earth. So right here, the Bible's telling us in the entire world, there was no one as humble as Moses. Nobody, nobody. Moses was the meekest man in the world. Now go to Exodus 11.3. Exodus 11.3. Listen to this. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, catch this, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. Do you see that? Look at the result of his meekness. This is so important. You got to see it. This is the result of Moses' meekness. And the Lord gave the people favor in the sight of the Egyptians. Moreover, the man Moses was very great in the land of Egypt, in the sight of Pharaoh's servants, and in the sight of the people. And so I want you to understand this today. Moses' meekness caused his greatness. Moses' meekness or his humility, caused his greatness. Meekness is the key to inheritance. And this is the proof. He, there was no one on the earth more meek than he was. 
and there was no one on the earth more blessed than he was. And so catch that with me, because by the end, remember this, Moses and the children of Israel bankrupt Egypt, uh, bankrupted Egypt by taking their gold and their silver and their and all their precious treasure and leaving the country with it, left the country with it, passed through the Red Sea with it. That, listen, God was going to bless them so much that he had to heal every one of them before he blessed them. Now, I want you to get this. This is such an important point. God was getting ready to bless the Israelites so much with gold and silver and precious metals and all the things that they would plunder uh, and take from the Egyptians that he had to heal them before he could bless them. And if you read this in the book of Psalms, the Bible says that as they came out of Egypt, there was not a feeble one among them. That's important. Why is it important? Because if there had been a bunch of feeble people among them, they would have never been able to carry the blessing that God just gave them if they were too weak to even walk. Too weak, if they were just a bunch of crippled people, a bunch of weak people, diseased people that had to be carried around on mats and carts. They had so much blessing leaving Egypt that every one of them had to be healthy and strong just to carry the gold and silver and treasure that they were leaving the nation with. Why? Because God brought about their favor and their blessing and Moses was the most blessed in the earth. Meekness is the key to greatness. And if you wanna see explosive growth, if you wanna see never-ending promotion, it comes not just from holiness, but meekness. That's humility. Do you know, I've played with many, many musicians and I've played with phenomenal musicians. And uh, I've made up my mind, there are some people that I will never call again. There are some people that I'll never desire to play with again. I'll never ask them to come play with me. I'll, I have no desire for them to be part of our team. Why? Pride. Pride. One of the dangerous things that happens as you excel at something is that you think it's all about you. If you have a gift, if you have a talent, if something, if you've been blessed by God to do a certain thing, the danger is that you think it's all about you. And it's not. It's about the hand of God that's upon your life. It's about the power of God that's in your body, in your mind, in your spirit, in your life. It's not about you. And so to begin to take credit for you know, what God's doing in your life is pride. It's a dangerous pride that will destroy your potential. And I've seen it many times. I mean, I get around people and I can't, you know, we cannot, let me ask a question. If I was doing, for example, praise and worship, how can we have a powerful anointing on the platform, ushering in the presence of God into the room if the platform is filled with pride? You can't do it. We already covered this. It makes God your opponent when you're filled with pride. He opposes the proud and gives more grace to the humble. So how can I, how can we have a successful worship service even if the platform is filled with people that are full of pride? And I've seen it. And let me just say, though I've seen it and had it happen and experienced it, it may have happened once, but it's never happening again. If I see that that's somebody's 
heart, that that's their action, uh, they'll not be invited back. I don't have any desire to fellowship with people that are full of pride, that think it's all about them and they take God's glory and they take God's honor and they take his praise. It's not about them. It's about God. To this day, I mean, if you've read any of the books that I've, I've written or if you've, you've heard my testimony about even singing and playing, it's been all God. I had no formal training and have had no formal training. I had hands laid upon me in a Pentecostal revival and the power of God came upon my life and anointed me to do what I now do. And I don't take God's glory. I don't take his honor. I don't take his praise. I still to this day, after 21 years of doing it, tell everybody, has nothing to do with me. God anointed me. He quickened my mind to learn, helped me to retain knowledge, anointed me to, to praise and worship him, to preach everything that I'm doing. Has nothing to do with me. Has everything to do with the blessing of the Lord. And so the Lord, if you'll stay humble, if you'll stay meek, God can keep on blessing you and increasing you. Here's why. God, the Bible says, is a jealous God who wants all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. The moment you begin to take his glory, take his honor, take his praise for yourself is the moment he'll leave you to your own devices and see how well you do on your own. And let me just give you a, a, a teaser. You won't do well at all. You'll be destroyed. Pride goes before destruction. And so we don't take his glory. We don't take his honor. We don't take his praise. He's the most high God worthy of all glory, honor, and praise. And so we've got to stay meek and we've got to stay humble. Cody's funny. He says, so if we keep the pastors poor, we'll keep them humble. <laughs> and so you need to understand it's so very important that you operate in constant meekness and humility and give honor and glory to God for everything he's anointed you to do and watch him keep lifting you higher, 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 and higher. So number one, holiness. Number two, meekness. Meekness is so very important. Number three, this is one of my favorites and it's something, I'm, I'm gonna let you in on a secret here. This is something many people refuse to do. And I'm not calling anybody out today, but if you're watching this broadcast live or on the replay or you're listening to the podcast and this next point, as I teach it, you're convicted because you know you don't do it. I'm not saying it to condemn you, but I hope you are heavily convicted by this and I hope it causes you to take new actions uh, to, to move forward, to move forward. Hannah's asking on Periscope, what is explosive? And I'm not, she must be from another nation, uh, if you don't understand what explosive is. Um, the third point is this, continual study. Number three, write it in the comments, continual study. That includes reading, <laughs> reading. You must read, you must read. And this is important, I'm gonna show it to you from the word of God. Continual study. Put it in, number three, continual study. You know, I was reading this the other day. This blows my mind because, you know, I don't base I don't base what I teach on natural facts or statistics. I don't base it on that. I base it on the word of God, obviously. But it's always amazing to me when you see things happening in the natural that are just backing up what the word of God has taught for thousands of years. And one of the things that blew my mind was uh, that... Uh, 
I was I was reading some statistics that were posted by Dave Ramsey. Uh, if you don't know who he is, you can look up uh, what he does. But he had posted statistics about uh, what wealthy people do that poor people do not do. He was breaking down and comparing the habits of the wealthy to the habits of the poor. And uh, this one really, I mean, they all stuck out to me, but this one really, really stuck out to me. Um, He said, those that are successful, those that are wealthy, never stop educating themselves. Never. Listen to this. The wealthy read and study. They will read materials related to their career or education to better themselves. Research shows, catch this, 88% of wealthy people will read for at least 30 minutes a day, while only 2% of poor people will do that. Think about that for a second. Furthering their education after college, after high school, 88% of wealthy people will continue to study and read for at least 30 minutes a day, some many more. 30 minutes a day, and only 2% of poor people do that. Listen to this. This will blow your mind. 63% of wealthy parents make their children read two or more nonfiction books a month, and only 3% of poor people do this. Did you hear that? Did you hear that? 63% of wealthy parents make their children read at least two nonfiction books a month. Only 3% of poor people do that. 88% of wealthy people continue to study and read for their entire lives after school at minimum of 30 minutes a day. Only 2% of poor people do that. There is a key that you need to study here and understand is that continual study, continual learning to build your mind, your spirit, is something that God intended for his children. God intended for his children. You, listen to me, don't ever say this. Don't ever say, well, that's such and such and I don't really understand that. That's such and such and I don't don't really know how to do that. One of the things I've heard people say for years, well, you know, I'm not very good with computers. I mean, literally, I I hear Holy Ghost-filled Christians say that. Well, brother, you know, I'm not very good with computers. Get good. What do you think? I mean, think about this. What do you think? Do you think that the Holy Spirit can lead you and guide you into all truth as long as it's not computers? I mean, think about that. I hear people say, brother, I just, I'm not that good with computers. There's a new job coming up that's open, but you gotta, you gotta be a computer person. And I'm just not, I just don't know much about computers. Well, figure it out. You have the mind of Christ. You have no need that any man teach you, for you have the Holy Spirit, the Bible says, who teaches you all things. What do you think? The Holy Spirit doesn't know about computers? You think, I mean, people blow my mind. You know, YouTube is your best friend in the entire world outside of the Spirit of God because you can learn anything. Anyone that's diligent can learn anything. I'm telling you, anybody, anything that I do in my life right now, And it's all with the help of the Holy Spirit, but I've learned it independently, not through a course, a class. I've learned it independently through the Holy Spirit anointing my mind and diligent study. 
My wife will tell you, if I don't know something that I need to know and I need to learn it, I will stay up until 4 a.m. in the morning watching tutorials on YouTube until I know everything about it inside and out. Until I know it and I could teach a class on it. And I could teach a class on it. Anything that I do, the Holy Spirit will anoint your mind to retain knowledge. And he expects you to be at the top of your game. He expects that. Let me, let me just say something to you. I, I dealt with this. Maybe you saw the clip I posted yesterday where people say, well, brother, it's not about if we get every single thing right or, you know, people say this a lot with worship, you know, it's not if we sing every right note or hit every right note, as long as our hearts are right and we're, you know, pressing. No, that's not true because the psalmist declared in the book of Psalms and, in, and instructed us play skillfully on the harp. What do you think? The Lord is not worthy of your best. Is he not worthy of excellence? Of course he's worthy of excellence. And we should strive to give him our best. Strive to give him your best. And one of the ways we do that is never stop learning. Never stop increasing in knowledge. Never stop progressing in your study. Now, of course, you should be reading the Bible every day. No question about that. You should be reading the Bible every day. But every person watching me, on, I'm, I'm looking at the comments section, you're not all preachers full-time. You're not all preachers. You're not all teachers. Many of you, many of you, most of you work a secular job. You do something to make money that's not preaching and teaching and ministering to God's people. So there should never be a time in your life where you stop learning to become the best at what you do. You should be at the top. Christians should be at the top of every level. Christian surgeons should be the best surgeons. You understand? Christian lawyers should be the best lawyers. So why? We have an advantage. The advantage is the Holy Spirit who teaches us all things. So you've got to continually study. You've got to continually learn. You have to continue to put that knowledge inside you to be the best of the best of the best. Look how the Apostle Paul was. I want you to go to 2 Timothy chapter 4. I want you to understand how the Apostle Paul was, who, by the way, was probably the most intelligent and educated man in the New Testament outside of Christ. Think about this. Paul sat at the feet of Gamaliel and was his understudy, who is still to this day considered one of the greatest teachers in Jewish history. And Paul sat right at his feet and was his understudy and learned from him. Paul was extremely educated. Paul was so intelligent that he could go to Athens and stand among all of the Stoic and Epicurean philosophers and literally stand there and debate them by intelligence. Why? Extremely educated. Stayed studying, knew his stuff. And notice this, 2 Timothy chapter 4, and of course he's in prison, but he writes uh, and asks them this by the end of the letter. He says, uh, I've sent Tychicus to Ephesus, verse 13, and when you come to see me, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas, and also the books, catch that, also the books, and above all, the parchments. Do you see that? What's he asking for? He's asking for his books and his notes. Why? Because even in prison, he wants to study. Even in prison, he wants to further. And notice this. He's not just in prison. He's here at the end of his life. 
he's getting ready. Of course, he, he, he dies in Rome. We know that Paul from history dies in Rome. But understand something, even at the end of his life, when he's run his race, finished his course, which he just says to Timothy, I've already run my race. I've already finished my course. But he's still studying. Do you ever think about that? Paul had already run his race. He said it out of his own mouth, and he was inspired by the Holy Spirit to say it. I've run my race. I've already finished my course. But still, bring me my books and bring me my parchments. <laughs> Why? He's still studying. Even at the end of his ministry, even at the end of his life, he's still pressing forward. And you need to do the same. I need to do the same. We need to never stop. You should have goals for yourself. What books am I going to read this month? What books of the Bible am I going to study this month? What am I going to do to further my education in my area uh, of my career, whatever my career may be? How am I going to get better than everybody else that I work with? How am I going to be head and shoulders above the rest? What can I study? What can I know? What can I learn that'll give me the edge and the advantage? Because here's the thing, the higher you go, the more blessed you are, the more of a blessing you can be to the kingdom and to other people, let alone your family. So understand, keep pressing, keep pressing. If you're a businessman and all you do is study the Bible, you're not doing enough because you should study the Bible, but God expects you to excel in what he's gifted you and called you to do. And so you need to be increasing in every area of your life. Notice what he told Timothy. Go back two chapters. 2 Timothy 2 and verse 15. 2 Timothy 2, 15. He said, study to show yourself approved unto God, a worker who has no need to be ashamed, rightly handling the word of truth. So the reason he gave that instruction to Timothy is because Timothy was a pastor. And Timothy's job, his actual job, was to minister to God's people. And so Paul tells him, you need to study so that you can be an approved worker of God that doesn't need to be ashamed and are able to rightly divide the word of truth. But what if, what if Timothy had been a mechanic? What would Paul have told him then? What if he was uh, owned his own business and he was an entrepreneur? What would Paul have told him then? What if he was a surgeon? What if he was a lawyer? What if he was a scientist? What would Paul have told him then? His job was to rightly divide the word of truth and preach, teach, and minister to God's people. But what is yours? What is your job? What do you need to do to study, to show yourself approved unto God? A workman that doesn't need to be ashamed. What are you doing? You're not rightly dividing the word of truth but you might be doing something else. So what study do you need to do? How do you need to push forward? If you're going to see success, I don't fall in with all these people that, that teach that you don't, need to have to, you don't need to work in order to be successful. God doesn't expect it of you. He wants, you to bless, he wants to bless you without you having to do the work. I don't believe it. I don't believe it one bit because the Bible doesn't teach it. And I'm, in the fourth point, I'm getting ready to show you many verses, many that teach the exact opposite of that. God wants you to just be able to sit on the couch and he's going to drop the blessings in your lap. No, he's not. He's not going to do that. He's looking for faithful, diligent people who will study and press forward and receive the blessings that he has planned for them. I rebuked a youth pastor one time because I, uh, I got to his, his youth event and he said, and he saw what I had prepared for his students and all the people at the youth conference. And I'd done these designed, fully designed, full color printouts with my notes and all this stuff. And uh, he said, um, 
man, I, w- I wish I could do what you do. And I-, I wish I could do Photoshop and computers and all this. And I stopped him short. I said, hold on. Aren't you filled with the Holy Ghost? Aren't you filled with the Holy Spirit? Then stop saying you can't do something. You can do something if God's anointed you to do it. And he has. The Holy Ghost has anointed you. The Holy Spirit is upon you and he teaches you all things. Stop saying that you can't do it. You can do it. You can do it. And that needs to be our ours as well. What, what's the question? What should we be studying? What should we be taking time to learn? What are we raising our children to know? Are we raising our children to be intelligent? I lay hands on my children every night and I pray, God, make them far more intelligent than anybody in their generation. Give them ideas. Let them understand things other people don't understand. Let them have the answers to the problems that others face so that people come to them for the answers. Pay them for the answers. Why? That's how God blesses you. You solve problems for the world. You're a, an asset to the world, not a liability. We're called to bring answers to the world. So that's number three, continual study. And then fourth, and maybe one of the most important things, is diligence, diligent work, diligent work. Be diligent, be faithful in your work. Don't be lazy, be diligent. Don't be lazy, be diligent. The body of Christ is filled with lazy people. Don't be lazy, be diligent. Don't be lazy, be diligent. Diligent work is number four. Go to Proverbs 22, 29. Look look at this. Proverbs 22, 29. So very important. The Bible says, do you see a man skillful in his work? or diligent, one translation says, in his work. He will stand before kings. He'll not stand before obscure men. So the promise here from Proverbs is, if you'll be a diligent, skillful worker, then you'll not stand in obscurity. You'll be exalted to a place where your work is recognized by influential people. Do you see that? Proverbs 22, 29 is saying, if you'll be a diligent, skillful worker, you will not stand in obscurity. You will be raised up to the place where you stand before and are uh, watched and paid by influential people. Without question, you will. Without question, you will. Diligent work. Diligent work. I want to take you through a few few verses of scripture here in Proverbs. Okay, go here with me. Proverbs 10, 4. That's the first one I want you to look at. Proverbs 10, 4. Listen to this. A slack hand, that's a lazy hand. A slack hand causes poverty, but the hand of the diligent makes rich. You see that? A slack hand causes poverty, but a diligent hand makes rich. The hand of the diligent makes rich. Go over to two chapters. Proverbs 12, 24. Proverbs 12, 24. Listen to this. The hand of the diligent will rule, while the slothful will be put to forced labor. The hand of the diligent will rule 
while the slothful will be put to forced labor. Proverbs 12, 24. Go down to 12, 27. Whoever is slothful will not roast his game, but the diligent man will get precious wealth. The diligent man will get precious wealth. That's going to be you in Jesus' name. Go to Proverbs 13, 4. Listen to this. The soul of the sluggard, that's a, that is a lazy bum. The soul of the sluggard craves and gets nothing. You see that? While the soul of the diligent is richly supplied. That's going to be your story. You're going to be richly supplied because of your diligence to the Lord in Jesus' name. Go down to 1324. <coughs> Excuse me. Whoever spares the rod hates his son, but he who loves him is diligent to discipline him. So this is a very important one and a very interesting one. Diligence does not come without discipline. It's very important that you get this. And I want everybody that's watching, before I pray for you, to put this in the comments section. Diligence does not come without discipline. If you just say, I'm going to do it when I get some free time, it will never be done. There is no free time in this society anymore. Everything is fighting to take up our time. Everything is fighting to take up our time. And so what do we do? We've got to make time, prioritize our time to do the thing. To say, this is important, I'm doing it now. Discipline is required for diligence. Go to Proverbs 21 and verse 5. Listen to this. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. That's right. Keep writing it in the comments. Diligence doesn't come without discipline. Diligence does not come without discipline. Diligence doesn't come without discipline. Pop it in the comments and don't ever forget it. I'm disciplining myself. I'm, I'm going to read you a verse about that in just a second. In just a second. But notice that. Did you see that? Proverbs 21.5. The plans of the diligent lead surely to abundance. But everyone who is hasty comes only to poverty. The same thing we've seen in all six of these scriptures that I've read to you from Proverbs, they all say the same thing. I don't know if you're noticing. They're all saying laziness, slothfulness leads to poverty. Diligence, faithfulness leads to wealth, riches, treasure, and abundance. Wealth, treasure, prosperity, abundance. These are the things that follow diligence. The diligent soul shall be made fat, one translation says. You'll experience abundance. So uh, you got you to catch this. You've got to catch this today. It's not just holiness. That's the baseline. That's the foundation. But you can be holy and not do what God's called you to do and still be poor. You can be holy and not do what God's called you to do and still be poor, which eventually negates your holiness. 
because holiness is obedience to God's word. So if he's told you to do something and you're not doing it, that affects your holiness. I like what Pastor Adeboye taught that holiness is the master key to the blessings of God. It's the master key without question. As I read you at the beginning, Psalm 8411, he will not withhold any good thing from those that walk uprightly. Let me show you what Paul said because we're talking here about discipline and diligence. And Paul knew it and wrote it in his letter to the Corinthians, his first letter, because he knew they were immature and they needed some instruction along these lines. And he said in 1 Corinthians 9, 27, he said, I discipline my body and keep it under control, lest after preaching to others, I myself might become disqualified. So Paul's saying here, if I don't actively discipline my body, it'll start doing whatever it wants to do rather than me controlling it by my spirit, making it do what it should do. You see, so diligence cannot happen without discipline. And Paul the apostle, the most impactful apostle in the New Testament said, I daily discipline my body. I have to do the same. You have to do the same. There are things we know we should do, know we should do, that we've got to do daily, and if we don't do it daily. In fact, the Bible says this, and I'm going to give you one more practical thing here at the end to help you accomplish these four, and that is this. The Bible says that we can write the vision and make it plain upon tablets that they may run who read it, write the vision. So if I were you, I would take out a piece of paper or on your tablet or on your phone. I would write a list of things that must be done daily. That's your prayer time. That's your studying of the Bible time. That's your importance of spending time with your family. Very, very important. Spending time with your wife and children. Uh, making sure that you're studying for your career, furthering yourself and in intelligence there. Whatever you've got to do. Maybe you started a business and you know that there are things you got to do. Write yourself a must-do daily list and then prioritize them. Do you know there's apps now that will literally uh, black out your social media apps on your phone um, so that you can't use them <laughs> until you've done a certain thing or you've gone a certain amount of time. You can't use them. And so I encourage you, if, if you're bogged down somehow by having your time stolen from you so that you cannot do these things, use something like that, a resource like that. Um, Jordan, maybe that's something that we'll cover in another broadcast because it's more of a, it's another teaching altogether. Excellent question. How do you find out what the natural thing, job, career, profession is that you should be doing? The short answer, Jordan, is that you should fast and pray and ask the Lord to reveal it to you in prayer. And he will speak to you. He promised. He said, ask, uh, ask me and I'll show you great and mighty things that you know not of. Jeremiah 33, 3. Ask me. So he wants you to ask him. And so I would take time in fasting and prayer and say, Lord, reveal to me what it is that you want me to do with my life so that I don't miss out on my call. I don't miss out on the blessing that you have planned for me. There was another uh, question up here that I just saw um, moments ago and I didn't want to let it go by, but it did because I was teaching and uh, I didn't want to miss it. Who, who set it up here? Um, 
And I'm sorry because I was in the in the uh, mode of teaching, so I missed. There we go. Candace Keller asked, "What what are you to do when you read the Bible, but you feel like you're just reading and not getting anything out of it?" Well, one of the reasons that you may feel that way, Candace, is because maybe you're reading a Bible translation that you don't understand. That can happen, and so I, I encourage people to get a Bible translation they can understand. For daily devotional, the NLT is a fine version of the Bible. I like the ESV because it's more of a word for word. But one of the reasons is that you may be not understanding fully what you're reading. Number two, before you read, take time and ask the Lord to give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation uh, to see things in the word you've never seen before. Another thing, Candace, to do is find a topic in the Bible that you're interested in. Find a Find a a topic that you're very interested in, and then do a topical study of the Bible. Find all the places in the scripture where that topic is taught or listed. Yeah, that might be the problem, Candace, and I'm not saying the KJV is not a, a wonderful translation. It shook the world, and for 400 years, it was the translation that we had that really turned the world upside down, but nobody talks like that anymore, and there are many archaic words in the King James that no one even understands what they mean, so I would recommend, Candace, if I can ask, how old are you, Candace? I, I would recommend to you an, an NLT or a, an ESV if you're going to study doctrine. I love the ESV. Um, the King James is, is written at a 12th grade reading level. The ESV is written at an, a 7th, 8th grade reading level. The NLT is written at a 5th grade reading level, which is where most Americans read. The average American reads at a fifth grade reading level. So um, the, the NLT would be great. I still use it sometimes for devotional reading um, along with the ESV when I'm studying the Bible. So can I encourage you, Candace, to get an NLT or an ESV and see just by a more modern language how much more you enjoy reading the Bible and then uh, doing topical studies. That's a great way. Find something you're truly interested in learning from Scripture and do a topical study on the Bible. It'll help you immensely. And then, of course, you'll learn so much about that topic as you're studying. And then pray that God will give you a spirit of wisdom and revelation that the eyes of your understanding would be opened. I did that once uh, before reading. I said, Lord, I want more uh, revelation as I read. He said, pray the Ephesians prayers over yourself. What he was referring to were the prayers that Paul prayed over the Ephesian church in the book of Ephesians chapter 1 verses 16 through the end of the chapter. And he said, anytime that you uh, see that Paul said you or your, insert your name there and pray it over yourself. I learned that from Brother Hagin. And so I started doing that. And as I began to do it, the Lord opened my eyes and I saw things. I had an hour scheduled for that day of reading from the Gospel of John, chapters 1 through 10. And uh, I said, Lord, I'm going to read 10 chapters today, and I want you to give me as much revelation as possible. Well, I prayed those prayers first for the first time. And I was, I mean, I was reading and scribbling notes so furiously. I'd never seen that much in Scripture before. I looked down, and the hour had passed, and I had not even gotten out of John chapter 1 yet. That is literally how much changed just from praying and asking the Lord to show me. So he'll do the same for you. Um, uh, 
I, I really encourage you to do that. And it's free to do now that you can do it on websites and BibleGateway.com and Bible Hub and all these other websites. Version Bible app, you know, you can, you can get these for free. You don't actually have to go buy one, um, whereas I prefer to. But the Ephesians verse, Josh, is Ephesians chapter 1, verses 16 through the end of that chapter. And those, let me just break that down quickly if you've never heard of that before. The Ephesians prayers... Paul prayed, and also in the third chapter, he does the same, uh, but, I'll, but I'll show you how I would do it. Ephesians chapter one, uh, Paul starts in verse 15, but really in 16, he says this, I do not give, cease to give thanks for you, remembering you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto me, see, I'm inserting me here instead of you, may give unto me a spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, having my eyes of my heart enlightened that I may know what is the hope to which he's called me. What are the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints? And what is the immeasurable greatness of his power toward me who believes according to the working of his great might that he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead, seated him at his right hand in the heavy places, far above all rule, authority, power, dominion, above every name, his name, not in this world, but that was to come. And put all things under his feet and give him to be head over all things of the church, which is by the fullness of him fills all in all. That is Ephesians 1, 16 through 23. Then you pop over to verse to chapter 3, and you look, um, he pray, he starts to pray again. For this verse verse 14, for this reason I bow my knees before the Father, for whom every family in heaven on earth is named, that according to the rich of his glory, that he may grant me to be strengthened with power through his spirit in your inner being so that Christ may dwell in my heart through faith that I being rooted and grounded in love may have strength to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and length and height and depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses knowledge that I may be filled with the fullness of God. So I, I insert myself there and pray that God opens the eyes of my understanding. And let me tell you, he'll answer your prayers. He will answer your prayers. And so be faithful to pray before you study. Excellent question. Maybe we'll do a whole broadcast uh, very soon on how to do topical study or how to study the Bible more fully. I did Bible study mistakes, I think, last week. Uh, but this will help you immensely in studying the Word. But let me pray for those of you that are watching today because this is so important and I want to see you blessed. I want to see you blessed. Once again, don't forget before we pray, Friday, we're doing a text in live Q&A where we will uh, be receiving your texts on the broadcast, on my phone, and answering those questions, Carolyn and I, together. If you're not a part of that text family yet, go to miracleword.com forward slash text and, uh, and sign up. And we'll, you can be a part of that. I'll be texting you. You can text me as often as you want as well. You're never a bother to me uh, ever. I really appreciate those of you that are part of the family. And uh, it means a lot to me to hear from you and to get your prayer requests as well. We're getting ready to pray in a moment. I'm going to encourage you today to sow a seed if you've not done so. But I'm going to pray for those because I got prayer requests today for people that are believing for miracles. And so I'm going to pray for miracles, but I'm also going to pray that God puts an instruction in your heart to sow a seed towards the end of this month of February. And God's given us an extra day this month in this leap year 29 days of February, and uh, we're believing for increase for you. This is a year of violent increase and expedited favor. So let me pray. Father, in Jesus' name, for every man and woman that's watching today, those that 
text me today that are believing for miracles. I pray now that you would touch them supernaturally. I pray, Lord, every miracle that they're believing would come to pass, would quickly come to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Lord, I pray for those that are battling sickness and disease in their body. I curse it in Jesus' name. I lose healing to God's people by the power of God. I curse depression, anxiety, suicidal thoughts, panic attacks. In the mighty name of Jesus, be free today. I lose joy and peace to you wherever you are in Jesus' wonderful name. Those that are believing for household salvation and baptisms of the Holy Spirit, Lord, answer their prayers. Let this be the year, 2020, where they can lift their hands and declare, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord in Jesus' mighty name. Let our miracles quickly come to pass. We thank you for it. Now, Father, speak to every man and woman and give them an instruction about a seed that they can sow. Lord, we've been confessing this is a year of financial blessing and increase, expedited favor. And so give us the instruction that we need today, the seed that we need to sow to bring those things to pass in Jesus' mighty name. Give us the faith to sow it. We thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Now listen, whatever the Holy Spirit tells you to do today, sow it by faith. If you're on Periscope or Facebook, you can use hashtag donate in the comments. For everybody else, you can go to miracleword.com, sow your seed there. Or if you'd like to use an app to sow, you can do that as well. The PayPal information is on the screen. Or if you're using Venmo or Cash App, the username is MWGive. MWGive. I've had people been texting me that they still prefer to send a check. If you'd like to write a check, you can make it payable to Miracle Word Ministries. And the address is on our website at the bottom of every page. P.O. Box 65116, Virginia Beach, Virginia, 23467. And so I want to say thank you to every person that's sewing. Those that are partnering with us at 85 or more this month, we're sending you this phenomenal book by my friend, Pastor Alan DeDio, Encounter, to experience more of God's presence and his power. And uh, I love this, the foreword written by his spiritual father, Dr. Rod Parsley, who is a wonderful and powerful man of God that's been doing great work for the kingdom for so many decades. This book will change your life. We're going to send it to you. And then as I was mentioning a moment ago, for those that are partnering with us at $1,000 this month or more, I'm sending this beautiful uh, life application study Bible, genuine leather, and uh, so many resources, man. I Now that I've gotten come into contact with this, there's so many awesome resources in this Bible. It's amazing for deep study of the word of God. Um, if you were to go to 1 Timothy, for example, check this out. It starts every book by giving you background, vital statistics of the book. It gives you the themes, the blueprint of the book. It gives you tons of study notes. Look at, look at how many study notes. Like literally this here, the bigger text is the scripture. And then through the bottom, you have all these study notes. Here's a background. I'm loving this thing. I've been studying with this Bible and it's just got so much in-depth stuff uh, that I'd never seen before. This here has um, so many. Uh, what I love, one of the cool things, uh, I'll give you an example, is it shows you maps while you're studying the Bible. Um, like here's an example. In Daniel chapter 1, um, it shows you the Babylonian Empire at the time of Daniel. See, as you're studying there on the, bo on the bottom, it has the um, 
maps to explain to you what where you're reading and what's happening in the geography of where you're reading. One of the things that's interesting that my father has preached, it helps you to understand some things. When Jesus was getting ready to go raise Lazarus from the dead and he stayed where he was for four days, um, the Bible says that he stayed, you know, and you, know, you might read that and think, man, he must have been far away from where Lazarus was. But when you study the, the maps, Jesus was less than two miles, like 1.8 miles away from Lazarus' house, showing you that he stayed where he was, not because it was far away, but for a purpose, to prove a point to the religious crowd that was there. And um, so just even being able to see the geography and uh, the background and read the, the history of the book, it's phenomenal. And uh, this is one of my favorite study tools now is this, uh, this study Bible. It's phenomenal. So we're going to bless you with it. Every person that's um, sowing a thousand or more this month, as well as the, uh, the book as well, it's going to be a blessing to you. We love you. Don't forget, uh, we have the faith course that just launched. It has been the most enrolled course this quick that we've ever had. Mountain Moving Faith on Miracle Word University. I want to encourage you guys to go check it out and be a part of it. Join it. Join the course and it will bless you immensely. If you've never joined any um, of our courses at all at Miracle Word U, here's your best deal. All four courses, you get one of them for free. It's a 28% discount. $199 or four months of $50 a month. It is 20 plus hours of teaching on mountain moving faith, how to have your prayers answered, divine healing, and the study of the Holy Spirit, Pneumatology 1. It'll be a massive, massive blessing to you. How do you do it? You go to Miracle Word U, the letter U.com, and there you can start an account for free, and then you can purchase whatever courses that you'd like to purchase. This is going to be a massive blessing to you guys as well. And don't forget to sign up for the new magazine that's coming out in the spring if you've not done so already. Uh, these will help you and build your faith every quarter. And we're also going to send you a free ebook, the Praise, Laugh, Repeat devotional, 40-day uh, devotional ebook. I know it'll bless you. Don't forget to sign up to text. If you haven't done it yet, Friday's going to be awesome. Tomorrow, Carolyn's on the broadcast with me, and uh, it's going to be awesome. So don't miss it. Uh, coming up tomorrow, 10.30 a.m., and then Friday, text in Friday. I love it, and appreciate you guys hanging with me today. Can't wait to get your questions on Friday. Really appreciate hanging out with you. Love you so much. Thank you to everybody that's sewing. Listen, thank you to our partners, to those that stand with us on a monthly basis. You don't know how much we appreciate and love you, and we pray for you every single week and your families, and I know God's going to bless you abundantly. We thank you so much. Candace, do me a favor, if you would, and send an email to Jenna, J-E-N-N-A, at MiracleWord.com. Jenna at MiracleWord.com. And please let her know and give her the correct mailing address in case we don't have it. And we'll rush you out a magazine uh, immediately. We love you guys so much. Have a powerful day. And uh, I'll talk to you again in the morning, 1030 a.m. Love you guys. Have a good one. Now that's the stuff leaders should be made of.